Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? opportunity to be here worshiping you. We're grateful that you got us all here safely in this weather, and we pray, Lord, that today you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we can focus on your message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor. We're so grateful that you joined us today. I don't take it for granted that you look out there and you see it's raining hard. You look at the radar, there's more rain coming. There's yellow on the radar. And you still get dressed, get in your car, and come up here. We're grateful for that. And I hope um, 
This service will bless you because of that. I'm calling up the Pace family and the Callahan family because they are both joining today. And y'all are going to participate in their joining. Before I uh, start with them, I want to say we're happy to have Jimmy Fowler back. Uh, Jimmy had the flu, and we're grateful that he's back. He's in the back because that's the way he is. Uh, metronomes ask Jimmy what the beat is. So I call him, I call him the metronome because uh, he has got it. No drama, no emotion, always on the beat. And uh, we're grateful that you're back with us, Jimmy. Um, yes. Uh, John and Jenny Callahan, far side, uh, are in Greer. They have two children. JJ is 12 and Julia May is 7. JJ's in the youth group. Julia May's in the children. And Brian and Leslie Pace uh, have two boys. Colin is 8 and Charlie is 4. They're also friends. And they're joining today together. And um, we are going to focus more and more on the process of someone visiting our church to the point at which they join the church. Um, this is going to be a huge part of what our newest hire, um, Leanna Morris, does, our director of connection. She's going to have classes we're going to call GPS classes, so you can find your way around campus. Um, there's also a fun acronym that goes with that um, that she's going to show you. Um, and families that are joining, we have another family joining in the 11 o'clock service, Bill and Linda Quinn. Uh, we'll be going to those GPS classes along with people who are interested uh, in learning more about the church as well. So let's all turn to the um, screen and we've got a liturgy that we'll read together. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And um, will you? Yes, excellent. <laughs> Let me put it on the screen. Hey, Simon didn't say. <laughs> it's not on the screen. Um, in the United Methodist Church, people don't just do something on a Saturday when no one else is here. They come when the congregation is here because the congregation participates in that covenant. They renew their covenant. And if they're interested in making a covenant, they see what that looks like and they make it with us. So if you would like to join with us, you're certainly welcome. Members of the household of God, I commend these families to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, as in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministry of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Welcome. 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 Y'all will welcome them to the congregation. Another reason it's fun to ask them, will you participate in the life of our church, is they are all already deeply invested in the life of our church. Um, they're just joining our church. Um, there are multiple ways that people join. Some people come to us from another United Methodist Church in Texas, like the Hovises did, like when the Hovises left here and went to Texas. Some people join from the Presbyterian Church here in Greer. Some people join and they have never been a member anywhere. That's called a profession of faith. And all of our members that are joining today are a profession of faith. That means the number of people listed as Christians who have made that promise is growing. 
by these people, um, which is pretty great. Uh, so uh, welcome. We're glad to have the Pace and Callahan families. If you all will turn in your bulletin to the section called Radical Hospitality. And we would normally have a newsletter in here. Um, last week, we didn't have worship last week. We hope um, you saw us on the news, the website, um, the email. If you are not going to look at one of those three, we need to get a way to find you to tell you if something's happening in worship. Uh, but newsletters are in the back if you would like to take one. Um, we'd like to make our announcements in the um, framework of five practices of fruitful congregations. We try to live these out to the best of our ability. The first of which is radical hospitality. Um, I hope you notice there's um, all kinds of seating here and we want you to take advantage of it. If you want to sit in the bleachers, if you want to sit at the table with your coffee, if you want to sit in the chairs, if you have a child that's kind of unsettled, you can be in the rocking chairs. We welcome you uh, to do that. We have visitor cards and prayer cards in the back. If you want to give us any information um, possible, we will contact you in the exact way that you give us. And um, honestly, this is something we're considering taking the worship order for this service out of the bulletin because so much of it's on the screen and putting that directly in your bulletin, you can rip it out and put it right in the plate. Um, so that is likely coming very soon. Um, Supper at 6 is coming. This is a first Wednesday dinner of the month, typically. Uh, this month is the second. It's actually on Valentine's Day. And as the attendance register comes by today, today's your last day to register for it. Um, it will be Valentine's Day themed here in the gym. Um, all you have to put is the your um, number of people that are coming, adults or children. And then we have a very powerful service that starts the season of Lent, which is called Ash Wednesday, in our sanctuary directly following. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing day, and we hope that you come. Uh, we believe in passionate worship. Um, you'll see the season of Lent, uh, all the things that are coming as we prepare uh, our hearts and minds for Easter. We go through a tough, tough journey. And that's what that season is about. Um, also, if you go to the 11 o'clock, if you go to the sanctuary, you'll see the um, pretty significant changes that are coming to the chancel. The wall is there, that the organ will be there, and it looks amazing. Um, you'll see that coming over the next couple of weeks. Um, we believe in intentional faith development. Anything we can do in between Sundays on different age levels. Um, children, youth, and adults will meet tonight. We also have illustrated Lenten family devotion books at our security stations. Um, we hope that you'll take one if you like. Today is Big Hug Sunday. Um, so our children will come around to your Sunday school classes and offer you a hug if you like. We know some people don't, you know, in this season, maybe not. Just do this and um, they'll, they'll do that back, um, hug you back. Uh, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. And you'll see the weekend or backpack program in the bulletin. Um, the Super Bowl of Caring, we didn't get a full chance to um, offer that last week, so youth will be here today to, um, if you give them change, it will go to Greer Community Ministries to support feeding hungry families. Um, there's a Redbird Mission uh, trip information meeting today at 4. Daryl Richforth is here in a blazer. Um, they go to Kentucky and do great mission work. It's today at 4 p.m. Find him after the service if you'd like to ask him anything. We believe in extravagant generosity. And you'll see that um, even, even with uh, last Sunday's weather, we're um, still in very good shape and we're grateful for that. Um, CEP registration is for family members, church members now. When it opens to the community, it's done. So if you're not currently in it and you want to be in it, be sure and check that. And this is one that's way out of the realm of any of them. I'm slow down um, so you hear me. I know that's a lot of words before. February 25th is two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, we'll go straight from this service into the sanctuary um, for lack of a better term, we're calling it state of the church meeting. I want to tell you where we've come, 
on a number of different realms and the next things that are coming for us. We hope that you'll miss Sunday school um, to come to that. I, won't, I know Sunday, what Sunday school means to y'all. I'm not going to ask you to do that a lot. Um, but our service will end shorter that week, um, maybe 20 till. We'll walk over and talk about the state of the church. So if you know your Sunday school class might struggle to come or people might be out, make sure you send representatives to your class and make sure you announce it in your Sunday school classes today. Uh, so I think that's all of our announcements. That's all you can probably take. Uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this space. We thank you for the table that we will share. We thank you for the lyrics within the songs, the prayers that we pray, the scripture that we read, the proclamation that I will attempt to bring. Use every instrument in this service, Lord, so that we may focus on your message for us, on your hope for us, on your purpose for us. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're in a short two-week series before Lent. And today we're talking about um, Jesus' baptism in Mark chapter 1. Pardon me. The first word today is sacraments. In the United Methodist Church, we have two. Baptism and communion. And it's rare that we would talk about both within the same day and the significance of participating both within the same day. But Jesus participated in both. And everyone there was changed for the good after what he did in that moment. Jesus himself also was changed. Sacraments provide us an opportunity for one of four things. Maybe more than one. Invitation. Conviction. Covenant. Affirmation. So some people, the very first thing they're ever going to do is hear that invitation, and all we can do is offer it. That's all Jesus could do. It's all his disciples could do. And there's times when we hear the invitation enough times when we say, you know what, no, no, I don't think I can. Any realm in which we're invited five, six, seven times before we actually do it. In that moment, at that river, Jesus said, you can come. Jesus says to his disciples, you can come. He said to a tax collector, you can come. He said to a woman at a well who was on the outskirts of town, ex completely excluded by her people, you can come. And every one of them could have said yes, could have said no, just like all of us. The next thing that comes is a painful thing. It's conviction. Man, um, these people here are on a, on a higher plane than me. They've been paying attention longer than I have. They've been dedicated longer than I have. 
they can do more things than I can in this realm. And you start to think, maybe I shouldn't be here. Like me in biology too. Like there's no reason for me to be in biology too. Right? In that moment, you either say, I'm going to go from this point where I need to elevate my behavior, my mindset, my actions, or I need to limit the damage that I'm doing. You either say, no, if it's going to be that, then I'm done. Or I could never do that. Or, yes, I want to participate. Invitation, then conviction. The next thing that comes is covenant. We just did that. We just participated in a covenant with individuals, with families, with the congregation where we all say, we reaffirm our covenant. And there's liturgy that we read during communion where we say, man, you know, we talked about that at halftime. We talked about that pregame. We really struggled when we got out there. We talked about that in the meeting. But when we truly had to do it, we really struggled when we got out there. But you constantly get the chance to reaffirm that commitment. Finally, affirmation. Affirmation from the leader that is with you, from the peers that surround you, from the God who has called you, from the son who sacrificed for you. We don't think about that every time we have communion or every time we have a baptism. More often we see a baptism, we go, chunky baby. Love chunky baby. I do too. I love when they have the little wrinkles instead of wrists. I love when they reach up and they paw my face. I love when they just look at me. And sometimes, you know, I even think it's funny when they lose their mind. When they lose their mind. Lots of people are wondering all those things rather than these four things. And I, I get that. It happens to me too. And when we have communion, we come forward, you're thinking, am I supposed to have my hands this way? Am I, am I supposed to bow? Am I, am I supposed to look up? Am I supposed to look down? What am, what am I supposed to do? And just hope you get through it, especially if it's a traditional one, especially if it's a fancy one, and you go, you get through it and you go back to your seat. Think about those four things. An invitation that's extended to everyone. A conviction that we should all feel corporately as well as individually. Not just the conviction of, oh man, I'm toast, but I'm sure these people have it together. Conviction that we're all needing to improve covenant and the affirmation here's the other interesting thing those sacraments often precede challenges in our life and we think hey I just participated in that sacrament I just said that I would do it I thought then the road wouldn't be as curvy the road wouldn't be as thin the road wouldn't go so high up that mountain I thought it'd be a little easier when I did it you know when you join Life will be simpler. When I say that I want to follow God, life will be simpler. Mm -mm. No, and, and it's often not that many things in your life have changed. It's that your vision has changed. You just see differently. In any major transformation in your life, you go through that experience, you just see things differently. That's what's so great about our experiences. In this particular one, you don't see us and them. You don't see selected and rejected. You don't see completed and incomplete. You see a process of which we're all invited. And when you see that, 
then you see the struggle, then you are in a tough spot. Now, knowing all that, let's read one of the shortest versions of a major story you could ever possibly hear from Mark, which is his style of writing. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the Spirit, like a dove, coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my Son, whom I dearly love, in you I find happiness. So your second phrase, the Spirit and the dove. You know the last time or one of the other major times that a dove was hovering over water? It was a flood. The whole world was broken. And the ones who were in that boat wondering if there would be a new opportunity, a dove brings a limb and it's a symbol of peace and hope and opportunity. This time, a dove is coming again and again it's in the water, but it's not water that's threatening anyone. It's water that's changing lives. The spirit in the dove is a beautiful moment at Jesus' baptism. And it's a reason why a fair number of people who want to be baptized want to be baptized in a river or a major body of water to identify with that exact story of what happened to Jesus. We feel connected. We feel loved. We feel on the path when things are warm and fuzzy and we feel called to actually be here and do what we're doing. And for a child to hear from a parent, you are my son. You've made me truly happy. Those days a child is lucky enough to feel love are special, special days from a parent. You know, lots of times you're worrying around, lots of times you're trying to get in the car, trying to get where you're going, trying to make the cut, trying to remember the bag. I told you to get the bag. You didn't get the bag. What's your problem? <laughs> Just for example. <laughs> Just for example. When you have those moments where you express it in times of great joy and times of great brokenness, it's a special moment. Do you think Jesus needed to hear that from his father or he's Jesus? He doesn't need that. On the podcast this week, Kristen said she read an author, I wish I could remember the author's name, whoever it was said, Jesus needed to hear it more than anyone. Jesus is fully human. He's taken this leadership position. He's taken on this burden. And before he does, he hears from his dad. You are my son, whom I dearly love. Verse 12. At once the Spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. Whoa! How'd we get there? How'd we get... We were just doing that. And the same Spirit that led me into the water, the same Spirit that broke the sky open and affirmed me, is now leading me out into the desert to be tested. Some days are just like this. Some days we feel isolated. Some days we feel vulnerable. We stare deeply into the abyss and we wonder, should I throw everything away? Should I keep doing this or should I just give up? 
Do you think Jesus understands that? Now, I want to make a significant distinction between instances in which we've done something to get ourselves in a tough spot because we were lazy or we were angry or we were bored or we did whatever, and we put ourselves in that position. And there's occasions when we do that and we go, man, God must be punishing me. Really? Really? You drove over there. You did that. But there are absolutely instances when we're truly called and we're truly accepted where we will be placed in positions that we didn't think we would be. You want me to be on what committee with who? You want me to work with them? You, you want me to reconcile with them? You told me that if we're around that same table again in three weeks, that I'm supposed to offer something friendly to them, I'm supposed to forgive them, whatever it may be, you will immediately, if you accept it, be placed in a difficult position for you because difficult is going beyond the selfish thing that you want, the thing that you wanted to do in the first place. You say, yes, I affirm you, I believe you, and I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing in the first place. It ain't going to work like that. If you affirm me and you believe me, I'm going to call you to do some stuff that you might not expect. To put you in some places that you think might be difficult. And in those places, what do we have to draw on? Love and purpose. A love that preceded our acceptance. A love that was present at our acceptance. A love that sent us to that place with a specific purpose, with our specific skill set. And the purpose that we've been called to live and serve. That's why Jesus went out there. The Spirit is in the dove. The Spirit is in the wilderness. The Spirit is in both places. Verse 14. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news. Saying, now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. This is such a bigger escalation. Matthew and Luke spend a great deal more time expanding this story. Mark does it in nine verses. I'm blessing you in your baptism. I'm sending you into the desert as your people were in the desert in the Exodus. Your leader, your mentor has been arrested for doing the thing I'm calling you to do now. And now you're going to have to step in this spot. Nine verses. It happens that quickly. So the next phrase is the spirits and the change. From changing from here to here to here, the Spirit is there and is calling him at each way. The love precedes all of it. See, that's why when we talk about chunky babies, we're talking about baptizing infants. When we talk about accepting people and accepting the love that God already gave us, we're acknowledging that our faith treasures the fact that God loves us before we did anything. And everything that we do is a response to that. Love. The love proceeds in the spirit. The journey that the spirit proceeds you in on the place that you are going. The change that the spirit has called you to do. These are all part of what the Holy Spirit drives humanity to do. And to me, it's not linear. It's not one and done. 
It's making a covenant in your current state. Going out in a path, a journey, a purpose, failing in that in one way, shape, or form, learning what weakness that you had that impeded it, making a promise, starting on a new journey with the new skill set that you have, going out with that purpose again. And in each case, it's led by the Spirit. Now, why bring this up before Lent? Because Lent is going to take us through six weeks of humanity struggling with what Jesus was trying to do. And when humanity doesn't understand what you're trying to do, and when they get a sense that you're threatening the thing that they want to do, what do they do? They lash out in every way possible. If there was social media at the time, I cannot imagine what would be on it from the Pharisees, from the Roman government, everyone involved. I cannot imagine how vicious and gross it would get given the way that it is now. But in this season, we're going to accept the love that God gives us. We're going to go on a journey that will be difficult. And we will attempt to make a change in who we are to let go of a tiny piece of us that impedes what God is calling us to do. And the start of that journey is coming forward for communion at the table. The next step in that journey is Wednesday when you come forward and we place ashes on your forehead. In each case, we're acknowledging and wanting to let go of some stuff so that we can be instruments and so our vision can truly change. What might your journey be? What might you drop? What might you pick up? It could be chocolate. Could be. Could be Netflix, if you're willing to go that far. Right? Could be uh, Diet Cokes. Whatever it is, that thing has to let you know throughout the entire season that there's a thing that you lean on rather than God. There's a thing that you draw from rather than God. And when that thing leaves you empty, you lash out in your humanity. And we will, in this season, focus on what can we do? What, how can we participate? How can we grow together so that our vision might change? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you all to participate with me in our communion liturgy that's on the screen. I want you to stand with me, and we'll do our modern affirmation. And then you're going to join with me in our communion liturgy. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift to the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. If you'll now join me with our communion liturgy. And I want you to listen where you see um, invitation, conviction, 
covenant and affirmation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Joyful obedience is a rare thing. It only comes from an acknowledgement that we have been forgiven, that we've been given an opportunity, that we are truly, deeply loved, and that the things being asked of us are not only for our good, but for our family's good, the corporate good, the church's good, the community's good. That's when it comes from. When we all acknowledge our pain together, it's also important to acknowledge the forgiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. There we go. Technology will help you. Technology will impede you. But she helps us more than she impedes us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. That's powerful. If you'll turn to one another and say, peace be with you. It's now time for our offering. You can give uh, as the plate goes by, as always. You can give online with instructions in the bulletin. And if you're a visitor today, we certainly don't expect you to give. Uh, you can, but we don't expect it. You can rely on the generosity of our people.
of salvation my hope is built on nothing less morning by morning how great is your faithfulness I call your name you heard my cry out of the grave and into life my heart is yours my soul is free thank you God for saving me thank you God for saving me thank you God for saving me You suffered once for all You made a way Jesus in victory you rose You made us all your own Now we are saved You gave your life upon the cross You suffered once for all Away. Jesus in victory rose, you made us all your own, now we are saved. Thank you God for saving me. Thank you God. Thursday of Holy Week, somewhere around March 28th, we'll celebrate this meal in a service called Monday Thursday. In that meal, Jesus sits with his disciples who he's traveled with for 18 to 36 months, blessing people, serving people, empowering people. 
And now everyone on the outside wants them gone in every way. And in that moment of angst, of pain, of loss, Jesus does a very holy thing that we do to this day, which is share the table, to share the bread, to share the cup. It takes a very common element that they would use every day that he would use every day. He breaks it and he says, take it and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the number of instances throughout the Bible in which bread became a serious part of a covenant between God and God's people cannot count it. Jesus continues in that pattern and says, this bread is my body broken After the dinner, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, the covenant that we read. A new covenant, a new opportunity for invitation, for conviction, for affirmation, for service, for purpose. I'm calling you disciples, Jesus says. And that pattern has come all the way to us today to call one another. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for Holy Communion are welcome to do so. Um, we normally serve by intention, um, but because of flu season, I want to thank Marianne uh, for giving us cups. We're actually going to have cups, so we'll have separate uh, juice that we will give you. If you'll take the cup and place it, if you go this way, you're coming down the middle, if you'll place it in that trash can, and if you're going this way, if you'll place it. Um, the tomatoes are going to help me serve on one side. Um, you know what? I didn't do the max with this body. You can help me serve on the other side. And we have um, some things there. History. Um, your folks and the table folks um, to come forward first to and come directly this way and y'all will come down the middle and then after the um, they have come uh, if y'all will come um, by the very middle and turn by the outside.
Let us pray. Gracious God, you've drawn us around this table to make a covenant with one another and with you. Help us to take this table far beyond this worship space to all the tables that we will share this week in our home, in our workplace, in our school that others may know that we love them because you first loved us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll please stand for our final song. Hallelujah, all my stains are washed.
4 p.m., you'll learn about a mission trip. Tonight, we have stuff for all three ages. Two weeks from today, it's the State of the Union. We'll be committed to recording it and finding a makeup date, but we hope you can come if at all possible. Go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Hallelujah.